Hello, I'm Marvin Fant, and this is Fantline, where we're not afraid to speak truth, and it doesn't matter if you're conservative or liberal, Democrat or Republican, because right always trumps over wrong. Enough said. Valuable knowledge a human being can possess. 
but it is also clear that simply being aware of God's existence is not enough. The knowledge of God must encompass the deep appreciation for and relationship with him. We know from scripture that knowledge is a gift from God. Proverbs 2.6 tells us that the Lord gives wisdom that comes from his own mouth, the word of God, and that the wisdom of God results in knowledge and understanding. James adds that those who lack wisdom have only to ask for it, and God will give it abundantly and generously. See, God's desire is for all to know him, appreciate him, and have a relationship with him. Therefore, he grants to all who truly seek him the wisdom that leads to knowledge. And further, because knowledge is God's to give, those who reverence him will receive it. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, Proverbs 1 and 7. The word fear here is not dread or terror, but a reverence for God, respect for his law, his will, his rule in our lives, and the fear of offending him, which will lead us to obey, worship, and praise him. God gives the gift of knowledge out of his infinite store of knowledge. Psalms 19 and 2 tells us that God's creation reveals the creator's knowledge night after night the skies display that knowledge. The vastness of God's knowledge and creative power are on display continually and are clearly seen in what he has created at Paul, as Paul reminds us in Romans chapter 1, verses 19 and 20. Not only is God's knowledge infinite, but it is absolute. No, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God and how unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. See, when God came to earth in the person of Jesus, he became the embodiment of knowledge. Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Human knowledge apart from God is flawed. The Bible also refers to it as worthless because it isn't tempered. It isn't tempered by love. The knowledge man possesses tends to make one proud. Knowledge puffs up, but loves, love builds up. Therefore, the pursuit of knowledge for its own sake without seeking God is foolishness. <clears throat> Let me see. Um, for the Christian, knowledge implies a relationship. For, and for example, when the Bible says that Adam and Eve that Adam knew Eve, his wife, it means he had a physical union with her. Spiritual relationships are also described this way. Jesus used the word know to refer to his saving relationship with those who follow him. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, John 10 and 14. He also told his disciples, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And by contrast, Jesus said to the unbelieving, to the unbelieving Jews, you do not know my father. 
Therefore, to know Christ is to have faith in him, to follow him, to have a relationship with him, to love and be loved by him. Increasing in the knowledge of God is part of Christian maturity, and it's something all Christians are to experience as we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, why did I say all that to get to the point of my point, so to speak? Well, like I said, when I started off, <laughs> there's knowledge to be gained. And many times concerning black people, a lot of times that knowledge isn't gained because, quite frankly, we don't read enough as a collective unit. We don't read enough. So I had to preface everything to get to this point. And the point is, God is about love, and we are loved. And there have been many lies told, and now it's time to uncover those lies. So let's begin. Let's start with the first one. Septimus Cerberus. Now, some of these names are tongue twisted, so bear with me. I'll just say Septimus. Now, he was born in April 11, 145, the year 145, and died February the 4th, the year 211. He was the first black Roman emperor from 193 the year 193 to the year 211. He was born in Leptis Magna in the Roman province of Africa. As a young man, he advanced through the Cursus Hernum, the customary succession of offices under the reigns of Marcus Aurelius and Commodus. Severus seized power after the death of Emperor Pertinix in 193 during the year of the five emperors. Okay, after disposing and killing the incumbent emperor, Didius Julianus, Severus fought his rival claimants, the Roman generals Pisanius Niger and Claudius Albinus. Niger was defeated in 194 at the Battle of Isis in, Sicil in Sil Cilicia, excuse me, <laughs> and later that year, Severus waged a short punitive campaign beyond the eastern frontier, annexing the kingdom of Asarum as a new province. Severus defeated Albanus three years later at the Battle of Lugdunum in Gaal. After consolidating his rule over the western provinces, Severus, Severus waged another brief, more successful war in the east against the Parthenian Empire, sacking their capital, Cessophon, in 197, and expanding the eastern frontier to the Tigris. He then enlarged and fortified the lines Arabicus in Ar Arabia Petria in 202. He campaigned in Africa and against the Garamantes, capturing their capital, Garama, and expanding the lines 
along the southern desert frontier of the empire. He proclaimed as Augusti, co-emperors, his elder son Caracalla, who we'll be speaking about later in 198, and his younger son, who also we'll be speaking about, Geta, in 209. In the year 208, he traveled to Britain, strengthening Hadrian's Wall and reoccupying the Antonine Wall. In the same year, he invaded Caledonia, which is now modern Scotland, but his ambitions were cut short when he fell fatally ill of an infectious disease in late, 20, in, excuse me, late 210. Severus died in early 211 in um, Abercrombie, which is today York, England, and was succeeded by his sons, thus founding the Severan dynasty. It was the last dynasty of the Roman Empire before the crisis of the third century. And next we have, that I mentioned, is his son Caracalla. Caracalla was born April the 8th of 188, and he died April the, excuse me, he was born April the 4th in 188 and died April the 8th in 217. Formerly known as Antonius, he ruled as Roman emperor from 198 to 217 AD. He was a member of the Severan dynasty, the elder son of Septimus Severus and Julia Domina. Co-ruler with his father from 198, he continued, continued this rule with his brother Geta, emperor from 209, after their father's death in 211. I keep having this urge to say 2011 or 2009. You know, so used to the same, having, having these numbers with at least four digits. But anyway, I'll proceed. He had his brother killed later that year and reigned afterwards as sole ruler of the Roman Empire. Caracalla's reign featured domestic instability and external invasions by the Germanic peoples. Caracalla's reign became notable for the Antonine Constitution, which is also known as the Edict of Car Caracalla, which granted Roman citizenship to nearly all free men throughout the Roman Empire. The Edict gave all the enfranchised men Caracalla's adopted Nomen, Marcus Aurelius, domestically, Caracalla became known for the construction of the baths of Caracalla, which became the second largest baths in Rome, for the introduction of a new Roman currency named the Antoninus, a sort of double denarius, and for the massacres he enacted against the people of Rome, and elsewhere in the empire. In the year 216, Caracalla became, began a campaign against the Parthenian, Parthenian Empire. He did not see this campaign through to the completion due to his assassination by a dis, disaffected soldier in 217. Marcinus succeeded him as emperor three days later. 
The ancient sources portray Caracalla as a tyrant and as a cruel leader. An image that has survived until modernity. Dio Cassius and Herodian present Caracalla as a soldier first and as an emperor second. In the 12th century, Geoffrey of Monmouth started the legend of Caracalla's role as the king of Britain. Later in the 18th century, the works of French painters revived images of Caracalla due to the apparent parallels between Caracalla's tyranny and that ascribed to Louis the 16th of France. Modern works continue to portray Caracalla as a psychopathic and evil ruler, painting him as one of the most tyrannical of all Roman emperors. And there are pictures of these emperors that I have in my book, which is called The Black Emperors of Rome by myself and Marvin Fant. And you can get these books at Amazon.com. All you have to do is just put in my name, Marvin Fant, and the books will appear and just look for The Black Emperors of Rome. And the last that I have is Ghetto. But first, let's go to one of my sponsors. And lastly, and third, we have Ghetto, who was born on the 7th of March in the year 189, and he died December 26 in the year 211. He was a Roman emperor with his father, Septimus Severus, and his older brother, Caracalla, from 209. When he was named Augustus, like his brother, who had held the title since 188, excuse me, 198. Severus died in 211, and although he intended for his sons to rule together, they proved incapable of sharing power, culminating with the murder of Geta in December of that year. When Septimus Severus died in early 211, Caracalla and Geta were proclaimed joint emperors and returned to Rome. It it's said that on the journey from England to Rome, the two brothers kept well away from each other, not once lodging in the same house or sharing a common meal. Their joint rule was a failure. The imperial palace in Rome was divided into two separate sections, and neither allowed the servants of the other into his own. They only met in the presence of their mother, and with a strong military guard, being in constant fear of assassination. The historian Herodian asserted that the brothers decided to split the empire in two halves. When by the end of 211, the situation had become unbearable. Caracalla tried unsuccessfully to murder Geta during the festival of Saturnalia on, this, on the 17th of December. And finally, on the 26th of December, Caracalla had his mother arrange a peace meeting with his brother in his mother's apartments, thus depriving Geta of his bodyguards, and then had him murdered in her arms by centurions. Caracalla ordered the damnation of his memory, which was thoroughly carried out, as, as is clear from the 
archaeological record. Reportedly, Caracalla was thereafter tormented by guilt over his deed, but sought to expiate it by adding to this crime the proscription of all his brother's former followers. Cassius Dio started that around 20,000 men and women, excuse me, Cassius Dio stated that around 20,000 men and women were killed or proscribed on this charge during this time. Now, to take out your own brother or own relative, basically, and unfortunately was a common thing when it came to emperors or anyone in that sort of power. Any, even today, this type of thing still goes on. Power breeds contempt, that the ult ultimate power breeds that, that sort of thing. So it was no surprise. And, and to have his brother killed in front of his mother, well, that's really low. But I have these three for you, and I'll have part two coming up soon, and we'll talk about four others. So live, learn, and grow. Enough said. Thank you for checking out Fantline. Until next time, keep Jesus first and be transformed by the renewing of your minds.